Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. to another episode of Land Sharks After Dark, a podcast about the old Miss Rebels. Uh, I'm your host, Justin Sanders, and today I'm going to be talking a little bit about some old Miss sports with my co-host, John Stefanik. How you doing, John? I'm doing well, Justin. Good to talk again on another week here. Yeah, always a pleasure to uh, to join you again here talking about Old Miss sports this week was a, a big week in, in Old Miss athletics. Two more basketball games as the SEC season continues on the way to uh, what's looking like most likely an NCAA tournament berth for Old Miss, which is very exciting. Uh, baseball had another weekend series in the non-conference, and uh, there was some movement on the football recruiting front for next year. Uh, some big things happening there, so that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode. We're going to start out with a little bit of basketball. Um, this week, Ole Miss did uh, something it hadn't done very consistently at all and only one time since 1998, and that was beat Mississippi State uh, in basketball in Starkville, uh, swept the series uh, after having beat the Bulldogs earlier in Oxford for the first time, like I mentioned, since 1998. Uh, not really a game that's going to help your resume or your RPI tournament-wise, but a game that absolutely was a must-win for Ole Miss. Um, Mississippi State's RPI was in the 170s, I think. So not a game they could afford to lose if they wanted to continue staying in the turn of the conversation. And uh, it was a little a little hairy down the stretch maybe, but uh, came out with a, a big win behind a huge performance from shooting guard Stephon Moody, who had an amazing week, I think scored 51 points. Uh, hopefully should be SEC Player of the Week for the second time this season. Uh, just two huge games. Um came up big in the way against Tennessee as well. So what do you see this week, John? Uh, what do you think about the basketball team's performance? I'll tell you, like you said, going into Starkville and completing the first sweep of state since 98 was was huge. It doesn't help out. Like, like you're, as you were discussing, it really doesn't help with the NCAA tournament resume. But in the past, this is the game that Andy Kennedy almost always lost to put themselves in vulnerable and ultimately unfavorable positions to get to the tournament. But regardless, I was – once again, impressed with the maturity of the team. They, uh, we could tell, they, I mean, they played a really poor first half, but they kept their composure and hung in there. And they were down, uh, I guess, by 10 there in the middle of the first half. They start thinking, oh, boy, if this gets any worse, they're in trouble. But they managed to get it down to five before the half and then come out in the second half and keep plodding along before Moody went on a hot streak there. And just pretty hysterical watching Ole Miss run about the same play about four times in a row and State still not being able to guard it. What did you think about that, Justin? Yeah, it looked like Marshall Henderson out there. Stephon Moody just running uh, the same action off the screen, the, actually the exact same play from the same shot uh, on the court three times in a row, hit three straight threes. So it was a lot of fun to watch. I was watching the game, and there was one play where uh, Moody got a good look and he passed the ball off, and it's probably midway through the second half, and you see Andy Kennedy just lean out in the court and yell into his ear, 
shoot, just shoot the ball. Like, that's really what Andy Kennedy wants the media to do. He's the most dangerous player on the court, definitely offensively for all this. And uh, he was he was hot. He was hot that night. I think he finished with eight three-pointers, tie in second school history behind uh, Marshall Anderson's 10 against Oregon last season. So it was a very impressive game for, for Moody. Uh, and he really followed that performance up against Tennessee with another big game. So very promising Washington shoot. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we, uh, we move on here to the second game of the week, Tennessee. Once again, another game that wasn't pretty. Ole Miss didn't play very well. I don't feel like the bench was cold. I know Snoop, uh, Snoop White and Anthony Perez really struggled to give almost much of a third option. Um, Moody provided the base scoring like he did against State. It was really a, by clearly the, the uh, best player on the team at this point. But the guy that we've talked about uh, a good bit, you know, mentioned in the past couple of weeks that really needs to find himself and get going is Jarvis Summers. And he, uh, he while it wasn't, the stat line didn't show any improvement on Saturday from just a, a visual guy that you know, has better body language and confidence standpoint. He seemed to take a step in the right direction. Well, what do you think about that, Justin Jarvis, from last night? Yeah, I agree. I mean, 13 points is fine, but what I really liked about that stat sheet was eight assists. And uh, I'm not sure about turnovers, but I think the whole team only had six, so they obviously didn't have too many on that end before. So, um, you know, Jarvis Summers needs to score, as we mentioned, and really just needs to not be hesitant in big game situations. Um, he could have he could have easily been a scapegoat again last night. You know, at the end of the game, he had two free throws. Uh, if he'd made them both, Ole Miss would have had a three-point lead, but he missed one of them. Uh, Rebels only had the two-point lead, ended up not mattering as Tennessee didn't make their final shot. But that really could have come back to bite Jarvis. He has to continue uh, trying to trying to re-attained the, the level of clutch play he had the last couple of seasons uh, when he was a big, dependable go-to guy at the end of the games. I still think that he is um, a player that has a lot of ability to be that clutch guy for you. I think he's still struggling kind of. Maybe to find his role on the team, we're not really sure. You know, there's been talk that maybe he's injured, maybe something else is going on. We've talked about it on this show extensively. Obviously, so we don't want to continue speculating there. But he did look better on Saturday night. And those eight assists at 13 points, you have to hope he's returning to that pass form uh, here down the stretch for Ole Miss. Yeah, it does seem that Jarvis, at least, is starting to head in a positive direction. I would – I mean, there's still a long ways to go for him to get back to the uh, – all SEC caliber player that he all SEC caliber level that he was played up the past couple of years, but we will watch that closely. And it's like I said, it's another okay. testament, testament to this year's team. They found a way to win the two games this week because in the past years, Ole Miss has really struggled to uh, to win. So that puts them in a, a fantastic RPI position at 32 overall. Um, looking ahead to this week, Justin, we had see we, Ole Miss is hosting Georgia at home on Wednesday night, I believe. Correct. Fired and traveled down to. I had the schedule up and I lost it. But uh, I have LSU, 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 LSU on Saturday in Baton Rouge. So, yeah, the LSU team was up and down. I guess they took care of Florida this weekend. It seems like everybody was back saying they're playing uh, well again. But I don't know. I think right. I mean, these, these two games. I mean, Georgia and LSU are both quality opponents. Um, but they've kind of they've two teams that got off to hot starts and have cooled off recently. And in my mind, the most uh, logical thing for Ole Miss or kind of predict the rest of the season be they split this week. I'll say maybe a win over Georgia and a close loss in Baton Rouge, and then come 
come back next week and take a uh, win in Tuscaloosa and then uh, win at home with Miss Vanderbilt to close out the season. But so that, I guess that would put Ole Miss at 13 and 5. 13 and 5. I mean, that, you essentially go to the SEC tournament in Nashville with a bid locked up, which is a spot that Ole Miss uh, normally not in, Justin. So I guess this is kind of a level of excitement we're not sure how to handle. Right, exactly. This is, this is, uh, if we end up heading to Nashville with the bid already in hand, that's going to be something we're not at all accustomed to. Um, looking right now, as you said, ahead of the schedule, it looks like three or four to end the season is very doable for Ole Miss. And uh, like you said, that would put the team at 13-5. and five. Right now in the SEC standings, obviously Kentucky's number one. Uh, Arkansas is number two at 11-3. and three. And then Ole Miss, Texas A&M are both tied at 10-4. and four although Ole Miss does have the tiebreaker over Texas A&M with that win in Oxford a couple of weeks ago. Um, LSU is a little bit out of it, two games behind at – hold on, sorry, I lost it here. Uh, 11 – no, sorry, here it is, 8-6. and six. Yeah, Ole Miss, A&M, 10-4, LSU, 8-6, and six, Georgia, 8-6. and six. Uh, Then you get down to Alabama, Tennessee, 4-6-8. to six and eight. So Ole Miss is looking very good right now to get that double bye at the SEC tournament uh, with that two-game lead on LSU. Obviously, a win in Baton Rouge would be huge, not only to repay the Tigers for the loss earlier this season at Oxford, but also to lock up that double bye in the tournament. Uh, right now, I think Ole Miss is a solid 8-9 seed. Obviously, that's the same game, so those are a little interchangeable. But it would be great to play into that seven or even, although we don't want to lose any games, dropping to a 10 wouldn't be terrible, obviously, because that 8-9 goes up against the one seeding game, too. What are your thoughts on possible seeding, John? I mean, besides, obviously, we just need to be happy to be in the tournament. I think, well, I don't see why you can't just uh, run the rest of the, run the table the rest of the regular season and get to the semi and the national and be a six seed, you know? If we're gonna it's very, it. very possible. It's very doable. If, we're gonna if you want to get him in Nashville, that's, that's looking doable. Yeah, I think they're an eight nine. Pretty much everybody has them going to Charlotte right now because you can right. predict that based on geography and trying to get the fans in the stands. But they could potentially play their way to a, a, a seven seed. I could see, but we'll um, we'll monitor that and see where they go. I mean, the biggest thing is they they have still have enough bad losses on the schedule. Or getting past it much getting past the seven seed is going to take a huge effort and run. Right. But it's possible. But to me, the, the thing to focus on is just get get in the tournament and then let the seeding take care of itself and just play who you're, you know, you can only play who you're on the court against. So we'll see how that works. If you want to right. move on to uh, baseball now, Justin, you want to give us a recap on uh, this weekend against Wright State? Right. So, yeah, uh, Ole Miss hosted um, Wright State this weekend in Oxford from, uh, I think, the Cleveland, Ohio area. Uh, got a little education on Wright State this weekend from various announcers across TV and radio. Uh, they were picked to finish first, I think, in the Horizon League this year. They won that league last year. They they looked pretty good uh, for, obviously, a team from a smaller school. The first game just was miserable from everything I could tell. On Friday night, uh, it was raining a lot of the game, very cold, ice forming, um, you know, on the railings, in the seats at Swayze Field. Uh, the Rebels come up with a big victory in that one, uh, 10-3. to Sykes Orbis got his first home run of the year uh, late in that game. That was a great effort. Um, the Saturday game was postponed due to weather. There was a doubleheader today. In the first game, um, really great effort out of, out of Brady Bramlett. 
the, the pitcher coming back from injury last season. I think he had 11 or 12 strikeouts, really solid performance. Uh, although we did not get the bats going offensively, and uh, due to a home run given up in relief by Scott Weathersby, uh, Wright State took the second game three to one. Uh, the first, the second game of the series, first the doubleheader in the rubber match, um, a seven inning game today, this afternoon. Ole Miss was able to edge out Wright State and hang on for a three to two win. So uh, there was a lot going on in this lineup. I don't know, John, do you uh, able to watch and make some observations about the team? But anything we learned this weekend? Yeah, I think just to kind of take this more in terms of like the series as a whole versus trying to look at each game, it's like overall you got pretty, you got good starting pitching. Christian Trent went out there and did the uh, way he normally does. Bradley was terrific. It's a shame that he uh, had this up. It's a shame that he walked out there with no decision and didn't get a W. That's always one of those the oddity statistics with the wins given to a pitcher. But regardless, and then Sam looked um. He looked better than he did last week. I think that was a positive sign. I don't, so I'm, I don't have it in front of me. How long? How far into the game did he go, Justin? Because that's what we've talked about. And other news from this uh, from this week: the uh, is a Sean Johnson, junior college oh, yeah. transfer, yeah. who's a candidate to come in and be a rotation member, have a UC, slight UCL tear, is likely headed for Tommy John. So now all of a sudden you're you've taken a hit starting pitch. From a starting pitching perspective, and he really was in need of whether it be scar tissue or uh, remnants from his uh, sports trainer surgery. You need Sam Smith to step up and be consistent for this team. Right, absolutely. As you mentioned, uh, the, the Sean Johnson news is pretty pretty big deal for Ole Miss pitching. Um, he was a guy that was talked about as a, as a weekend starter, so dwindled down from four names, floated for that down to three. Um, first reported by Chase Palmer, RebelGrove.com uh, on Twitter. The Tommy John surgery is likely. So, um, as you said, Sam Smith's durability now becomes a huge question mark. And he did, I think, we go a little bit longer today. He got in a little trouble in the fourth inning, uh, second time through the lineup, as we've seen him do lately. But he got out of it, and I think Wyatt Short came in, I want to say in the sixth. Uh, Sam Sam pitched longer. No, well, it was, it was a seven-inning game, so it must have been in the fifth. Um but yeah, fourth inning. Sam went three three point two innings. I found I found my stats. Okay, how many how long did Sam get? Uh three and two thirds. So it was the fourth so the fourth gotcha. inning. That's kind of okay, so that's yeah, that's, where he's been. So I mean yeah, nice pretty good five six innings. Yeah, that's that's what we that's what we're used to, but a good effort out of short um down the stretch to close the game out and a, a big double play by Errol Robinson, uh, walk-off double play with the bases loaded, only one out. So that was huge for the sophomore. Uh, some big freshmen making plays. Tate Blackman finally got his first hit of the season. I think he might have actually gotten more than one after he got that back going a little bit. Um, who is it? Watson from South Haven. I think he's a Juco. He was a Juco guy at Delgado. Yeah. Um, he's he's shown some promise at the bat, although he, he had a uh, – kind of a dumb moment where he got caught off the bag uh, and picked off. But um, him, along with Josh Watkins, who has looked really good, um, trying to think of other impact new guys so far through two weekends. Um, some solid efforts out of Cameron Deshaun and Austin Knight, players that have been around but that are being called on now as more everyday guys. 
Um, Henry Larkey continues to look pretty good as a switch hitter, and uh, he played in the first game as a catcher today. Um, and just really good infield play, I'd say, um, along with J.D. Woodman playing in the outfield. Uh, the, the team has promise, although they are young, and they're going to lose some games as the season goes on. Uh, you just have to hope they kind of find a way to put it together. Yeah, I agree with that completely, Just um, Kobe Bartles looks good play. I like his approach. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the biggest, to me, long-term, the most important thing for this lineup is to develop a solid three-hole hitter. Particularly, it would be nice to have a right-hand back. You have one-minute leadoff. Harold is right-handed, but not necessarily a power bat. And you have Sykes and Bortles, fourth and fifth in the lineup. Bortles is a legit power flip from the right side. But the, how, I guess who kind of steps up and ultimately takes the takes the reins with three hole in the line will be interesting. Mike is he has Lartigue in there. I think he'll be he'll looks like he's gonna definitely get the opportunity to hold that spot. Other guys that may could jump in there if they if they uh show consistency, although they'd be although be uh be an aggressive move given their youth as freshmen be Kyle Watson or uh, Tate Blackman, one of them coming filling filling up that spot. So I guess from from an offensive perspective, that's the key for me to watch. Is can they get get the uh, type of production they need from the three hole? And then p- pitching wise, I think they'll they'll be okay Friday night for sure with Trent. Bramlett's a young pitcher who's got a lot of promise, but he's but you're going to get your inconsistencies of youth. So, but he'll he'll be a competitor on Saturday. And then Sam is really. He really needs to find a way to be able to make it through the lineup twice, and he's really and he's struggled to do that now for a, for a while. So we'll follow that and see how that unfolds. And from bullpen looks okay. Weathersby didn't have a good day today, but he'll you would expect him to shake it off and be fine. So it's just a matter of mm-hmm. it's really even even the players returning from last year's team are still having to settle into kind of a new roles on the team. So I think. It's just a matter of well, how well do they develop here over the next month before conference play begins. Mm-hmm. And, and the Rebels do enter a, a pretty difficult stretch of the non-conference right here, um, taking Central Arkansas on on Wednesday in Oxford, I believe. Uh, that's a that's a pretty tough game. We've played them close in the recent years. Uh, and then going on the road this weekend to UCF, um, what sounds to be a, a very competent team. Uh, down in Orlando, so that's definitely going to be a test for the Rebs. Um, I'm hoping, John, that we can find that game online somehow, maybe through UCF's streaming service, something like that. I need to do a little research into that, but I definitely don't yeah. want to miss the weekend series this weekend. It's true. I didn't think about the fact that the uh, I think UCF will probably have some kind of stream. That's, yeah, that's my guess. Yeah, that's that's my guess. Do some research. So we'll on see that. on that. Um. Hopefully we can we can find one, and if so, we'll we'll share it on our Twitter account. Um, but the baseball season is underway. Hopefully we can get some more baseball appropriate weather here soon at Swayze Field. Uh, it was fairly miserable weather-wise in Oxford this weekend. Doesn't really feel like spring quite yet, but hopefully in the next month or so we'll be getting past that. Uh, how's that weather up there in Boston, John? Has it gotten any better since last week? Well, it was like I think it got to thirty degrees today. It was actually like pleasant, oh wow, pleasant outside. So it's uh, that's balmy. For, for we only got about yeah. two or two or three inches of snow this week. So it was you know the day in paradise compared to what we've had. Well, wow. well, enjoy your vacation, man. <laughs> for sure. Um. So yeah, I guess 
That'll mostly do uh, for our talk on baseball this week. Obviously, we're going to continue watching. Uh, the season's very young, so a lot to find out about this team. But um, and even more speculative news, uh, we, we move ahead into the future uh, as we look at the, the Ole Miss football recruiting class for 2016, which at this point is uh, in very good shape, as we predicted it might be. So we want to talk a little bit, John, about what happened this week and, and what's changed as far as our, our recruiting outlook for 2016. Well, from uh, now on, everybody needs to celebrate February 17th every year is the annual St. Patterson Commitment Day which was when uh, Hugh exactly. Freeze landed his, his first legit high school quarterback and a guy that honestly that comes into Ole Miss, the championship ex- that will uh, likely come into Ole Miss with championship expectations. He'll bring – he'll he look like he's going to bring him from three to six. Uh, he's going to have an influence on almost uh, ten guys as far as bringing in other uh, players to Ole Miss, particularly right now uh, top arrival, top 100 offensive lineman Willie Allen is uh, – Shown indications of being quite tight with Shea Patterson, as well as the uh, the linebacker from North Louisiana, whose name escapes me right now, Justin. It's but, uh, Devin Devin White. He's a Devin running back White. linebacker, six foot, two hundred forty pounds. He can play running back or linebacker. And if you're an Ole Miss roster geek like I am, then you are ecstatic because you need both of those people. Positions filled. Exactly. And maybe maybe one person can do it. A lot of Miles Jackson, but regardless, <laughs> it's, so we. So essentially, the most important players of Eli Manning, or substantial players of Eli Manning, or however you want to think about it, this is a an enormous uh, moment for Ole Miss as far as the program in totality. Bringing in a quarterback that has is, is probably the highest uh, floor of any uh, uh, possible for a high school quarterback to come in, who's going to is guaranteed to bring you success. Just a matter of can he, you know. Can he sustain and win a championship at Ole Miss? Something that hasn't happened in a long time. And he, he, he um, neither Manning was able to win an SEC title at Ole Miss, but and it's crazy. I mean, I'm sitting here putting championship and Shea Patterson in the same sentence, but I think it's a it's a realistic expectation. How, how do you feel about that, Justin? You know, I think that that's a definite reaction you have to have uh, when you when you get a commitment from a kid that's this highly recruited, um, and this highly rated, obviously. Uh, he's a composite five-star on 247, although I think 247 itself has him listed as a four-star. But that's really splitting hairs, I think, when you look at the recruitment of this kid so far, um, the degree that programs are willing to go to to recruit him. I mean, it's been great uh, following this, as, as so many programs talk about, you know, how Ole Miss had to hire Shay's brother just to get his commitment uh, when, I mean, that's really just kind of the luxury that, that Shea Patterson has. And Ole Miss is far from the first program to try it. Um, you know, he was already working at LSU. Why do you think Sean Patterson worked at LSU? Don't tell me it's because Sean Patterson's a great quarterback coach because he might be. He might be fantastic. But all I know is he's Shea Patterson's quarterback coach, and that's why he was working at LSU. That's why he was working at Arizona before that. And you can't act like Ole Miss is the the only school that had that same thought. So, I think it's a, it's a huge commitment for Hugh Freeze. Um, it's a commitment he desperately needed uh, to, to get his team um, headed in the right direction as far as building up talent to replace the five stars that he brought in in 2013. I think Chef Anderson, like you said, has a, has a very high floor and hopefully an equally high ceiling that uh, he, can, he can work towards reaching an old Miss with a lot of talent around him. 
Um, the implications have already been pretty big, I think, in the recruiting world. Ole Miss has been put in a lot of recruiting conversations that it wasn't in this time a week ago. Um, like you mentioned, obviously, Devin White and Willie Allen are two very highly recruited players that uh, have been showing Ole Miss a lot of love on, on Twitter thanks to their good friend Shay Patterson's commitment. Um, and he obviously is going to energize the kids that Ole Miss already had on board for 2016, which is already a pretty good class. So it's huge. I don't think it's too much to say he could help Ole Miss win championships. Um, it, it's definitely a necessary piece if you're trying to build a championship program to bring in a championship caliber quarterback. And I think that Shay Patterson is, you know, so far as a high school prospect, as close as you can get to a championship caliber prospect. So huge news for Hugh Freeze. Um, obviously going to have a big impact in this recruiting class. Um, what do you think, John? It's it's just it's still kind of even, yeah, you know, nearly a week after watching football. It's, it's kind of a kind of. You know, I hadn't thought about it here in a couple of days, but his um <laughs> his presence in the program is a big deal, and it cannot be. And really, the sky's limit for the kid. And he's 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 a he's a top tier college quarter uh, talent top tier talent wise college quarterback. Whether or not he's going to develop, be quite big enough or effective enough to play in the NFL to be determined. But he's he's going to be a star in college. I think that's really obvious to anybody that's watched his film and studied and knows anything about his background. But he brings in hype. And I, I thought about the other day, I kind of said to myself, like, you know, this guy could win a Heisman Trophy at Ole Miss. And I've never really felt that way about any other any player since Eli as a kid. But even right. now, as far as, you know, having a better right. all that stuff works, I think. If you look at Shane, you go, well, you go, well, heck, he can he can put up the numbers to win a Heisman because he'll he'll have the notoriety, he'll have he'll have the receivers to throw to here right. wide receiver. Exactly. You know, about about has a uh, nice business going here in Ole Miss. But regardless, he he's got the he's got the tools in place. And you talk about the everybody wants to you know look at where his brother goes, but the reality is Shea Patterson, wherever Shea Patterson wanted to go, is who would have hired his brother to come work with him. So it's exactly that's an item at the point you made and I couldn't agree more with that. So Right, so it's a huge gift for Hugh Freeze once again, uh, kind of affirming the narrative that it's okay for elite talent to come to Ole Miss, um, kind of something that was really necessary, I think. Um, when Hugh Freeze took over, he kind of had to break the stigma that a lot of programs cast upon Ole Miss. And I think it's something that you still see. I mean, a lot of people talk about this online, how when Ole Miss lands a big-name recruit like Shea Patterson, the, the first reaction from fans all over the college football spectrum is, you know, you say you know, cheating and, you know, Ole Miss paying players and all that stuff. And obviously college football has some element of that. But I think it's unfair to say that the only reason a kid would want to come to Ole Miss is blatant cheating. I think that the program has a lot to offer. Um, I was just in Oxford earlier this week and had the chance to visit the Manning Center and the beautiful facilities there. Uh, I saw the the grill at 1810, the new the new dining facility, and I saw uh, what used to be the team meeting room, which is now kind of an almost football hall of fame in the in the foyer there. Um, there's some really cool stuff. Uh, I think facilities that rival any in the country. So obviously, Shea Patterson and his family saw. Uh, just about every elite program in the country toured the facilities, met the coaches, and they they chose Ole Miss, and, and that's where they want their family to be. Um, obviously, their family's all in on Ole Miss, and Shay's all in on uh, recruiting for Ole Miss, and 
uh, going to camps and talking to other kids about Ole Miss and all that stuff. So it's a it's a huge deal. It's a huge gift for the program, as we've been saying over and over. Uh, and we'll probably continue to say for the next year until he signs. Um, really something to get excited about. So that's the big news in the uh, the world of football in the off season. I'm not sure if anything else really happened for Ole Miss football this week, John, um, or really in any of the other sports. Uh, I think we pretty much no, no. Uh, Hugh Freeze's Haiti tour did not gain have any additional members join it this past week. Everybody behaved themselves. So, right, to, exactly. People, uh, here. Go ahead. No, no, you got it. Yeah. Just say, kind of looking forward for the, this week in Ole Miss sports. We have a basketball host Georgia Wednesday night, eight o'clock Central Time in the Tab Pad. Hey, right. games get as we get closer and closer to the end of the season. The games get bigger and bigger. Long. Two and two, the last four Ole Miss uh, should feel comfortable to be in a tournament. They got three and one. They're essentially in the dance. So that's an opportunity to go support your Rebs if you're in Oxford or near near the area. Against the Georgia team that has lost a couple of key pieces. It's really had a, been sliding here for a couple of weeks. A great opportunity for Ole Miss before tra- and then uh, wrap up the week traveling to LSU on Saturday at one o'clock. I believe on Fox Sports uh, South or one of the Fox Sports affiliates. So. So LSU is a heck of a giant team, very athletic, capable of playing anybody in the country, but then also inconsistent based on Johnny Jones. And let's just say he's not the best XML guy in the world. So, Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think two games that Ole Miss has a, a, a good chance to win if they play up to their potential. Um, obviously, the two teams that Ole Miss has lost to earlier in the season, but that Ole Miss is higher than in the SEC standing. So, uh, I think Ole Miss just they have time to rest before Wednesday's game. It's not a quick turnaround. Uh, just kind of get their feet under them and put solid game plan together. And like you said, if, if Ole Miss wants to get a two and zero this week, uh, really looking at two very winnable games to finish four and zero down this stretch. So um, a lot of potential left in the schedule for Ole Miss. Uh, as we mentioned, Central Arkansas uh, on Wednesday that should be on SEC Plus on WatchESPN.com. Uh, this weekend, UCF and baseball. Uh, you got anything else to add, John? I think that's it. And hopefully, we'll, we'll try to hunt down a link to the uh, uh, UCF stream and try to we'll tweet out. Yeah, sadly, sadly, we might have to pay uh, some sort of a one-day fee or something like that to, to watch the game. So we'll share the link with you. We're not, we're not sure if you're, um, uh, you know, enough of a degenerate like like I am to to pay to watch <laughs> baseball like that, but. Uh, I will be, and I'll let you know how to do it if you need to. But uh, that's going to do it on this episode of Landstrikes After Dark. Uh, visit our website, landstrikesafterdark.com. Follow us on Twitter. Um, keep listening to us on TalkShoe and on iTunes. Um, I think there's something going on with our iTunes feed. I don't know what. Hopefully we'll get that figured out. Some new episodes will be pushed out to your devices here. But uh, thanks for listening, and um, we'll see you next time. Howdy, howdy.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.